Hello, and welcome to the summer edition of the Small Nonprofit Podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and I am joined by this week's uh, guest curator and sponsor, Sarah Hushley from Charity Shift. Sarah, welcome. So excited to have you. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. I, I mean, I'm a little, uh, I feel like I'm blushing because you picked one of my podcast episodes to re-release. So thank you. Um, I'd love to hear a little about why you picked this specific episode. Yeah. So this is one of my favorite episodes and I think what really spoke to me a lot of things, but I think what's super exciting about this is that it's just one simple thing. It's simple, but it may not be easy depending on your perspective. Um, But I think what's super important is that sometimes in fundraising, we forget the human side. We forget more about the service side. And, you know, while I don't want to say customer service, it is a little bit like that. We do need to be thinking about our donor and what it is that's motivating them. Mm. Um, And so what I love about this episode is it's really digging into that and, and finding out why do our donors um, like to support the work that we do? Yeah. So yeah, that's really, it is, it's about meeting with your donors and getting to know them. I'd love, do you have any fun stories of meeting with donors and learning something new or discovering uh, something great or opportunity that uh, you can share with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. One of the charity partners that I work with, um, they they often do Zoom calls with their donors. And what they discovered on one of those calls was that a program that they, they do quite a number of different programs and they tend to focus on, on one more than the others. And it was really interesting because during the donor meeting, the donor actually expressed so much interest and passion in one of the prod, one of the programs that this organization didn't really think was, you know, that interesting to donors, and um, what it allowed them to realize is to understand that, um, you know, when you're so close to an organization, when it is your work day in day out for years and years and years you sometimes can forget how things look from the outside. And so with this charity partner, what they realized is they need to sort of take a step back and take an outsider look um, of how things might appear to other donors. So from that, um, they actually did a donor survey, which is something that I wanted to um, mention as as part of this episode, is is they decided to go really wide uh, because they had uh, quite a large list of donors. And they did a donor survey by email, really kind of a larger scale version of these donor meetings to find out um, from a larger group just what it is that um, brought them to the organization, what they enjoy about being supporters, um, and what motivates them to um, keep supporting the organization. I love that. What's your favorite question to ask in those kind of surveys? Because I know like there's the survey questions that are like you want for broader like meta-analysis or data analytics where you're like, you know, there's a limited number of answers people can answer so that you can actually look at the broad um, trends. But then there's the questions that like are not sort of like the researchy questions or they're not great for most surveys. 
because you're asking people to just answer like whatever they want, like giving them open space. Those are Mm -hmm. some of my favorite questions, but I'd love Mm -hmm. to know Mm -hmm. what you like to ask uh, in donor surveys. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, without getting too deep into it, I think there's a difference between quantitative. So what age range, yeah, what, what age range, you know, where do you live? How many children you have? That's quantitative. That's really talking about the data. I think what we're looking for and, and really what you would be doing in a donor meeting, as you're talking about in this episode, Cindy, is we're really looking for qualitative, um, you know, some of the questions and, and I will say with donor surveys, never more than three to five questions. I would say three is ideal. Um, because people, people just stop paying attention. Um, and you make it short and easy to do. One of the things that I um, like, especially for organizations that have older donors, is asking a question about who uh, first taught them about charity or who first mm-hmm. taught them about giving back. And I found such interesting responses from people. And I think when we ask that question, we're really digging down into identity. Because when we're giving to a charity, we're actually sharing something. It's not just money. We can spend money on anything. When we're choosing to give to a particular charity, we are sharing a part of our identity and of ourselves. And so questions that are simple, like who who first taught you about charity or giving back, it's a simple question. But the answers that you're going to receive from that question are so illuminating to tell you um, about who these people truly are. Mm, I love it. Well, I want to sort of leave it at that um, because there's so much in, in this episode and that was just such great advice. Before we dive in, I also want to just um, sort of pair this episode. We're not re-releasing these, but to a couple brand new episodes that we just released recently um, that I think are really good uh, sort of paired with, with this. Um, One is with Tanya Rumble and Nicole McFan, where we are talking about fundraising fallacies. Another is with Rakesh Lakhani around honest fundraising. And these are conversations I think fit really well together when we think about um, our relationship with donors, understanding our donors, but also building boundaries with donors. And I think those two go hand in hand. So Sarah, where can our listeners connect with you and learn more more about what you do? Yeah, listeners can connect with me on my website. It's charityshift.ca, or you can email me directly, Sarah, S-A-R-A, at charityshift.ca. Awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, listeners, buckle up. Uh, More of me. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and you're listening to the Small Nonprofit Podcast, where we bring you practical, down-to-earth advice on how to get more done for your small nonprofit. You are going to change the world, and we're here to help. So what is the key to unlocking your fundraising success? It's something that actually is really easy in theory, but so many people don't do. 
So I'm going to talk a little bit about that today and also uh, just give you a heads up. Now, we are hosting a webinar on January 18th, where I'm going to go into this in more detail and give you a free, free guide when you register. So I'll share that at the end and it's in the show notes. But if you visit flipsidefundraising.com slash best year, uh, you can register for the webinar and really set yourself up for an amazing fundraising year for 2022. So what is this, this process? What is the secret that I have for you? So the number one thing an organization can do to improve their fundraising is get to know their donors and to do so by meeting with their donors. So again, this sounds really simple. Okay, I can meet with my donors, no problem. But every time I give this advice, people don't take action. Or they think that I'm talking about having donor meetings to ask for money, which is not. So I want to talk to you about this today because it is actually so important that you do this and you do this as a habit. So I want you to build this into your organization's operations, to your fundraising operations to do on a regular basis. So first, let's talk about what a donor meeting is and isn't. So a donor meeting is really in this context is not an ask for money. It is not a pitch and it's not talking about your organization very much. This is an opportunity for you to get to know your donors, why they support you, what they care about. Maybe even they have feedback around your fundraising or ideas to help you raise more money. There's so I'm going to talk to you about how you can use the information that comes from these meetings, but fundamentally I want you to remember that this is not an ask, okay? So I want you to start to book these meetings with your donors. And again, if you sign up for the webinar, I'm going to give you a full donor meeting guide that includes how you can reach out and ask for these meetings. But really what you're doing is asking to get to know your supporters. And you say that I'm a huge believer that if you're asking your donor to do something, be upfront with them. So, hey, Susan, uh, I'd love to meet with you. I'm just getting to know our donors and I'd love to just learn a little bit about you and why you support our organization. That simple. Now, not everyone is going to say yes. That's okay. You still, I want you to practice getting no's because uh, there will be people who say yes. And most people, when they do this, are surprised by how many people say yes. So that's the first thing. I just get over the um, idea of rejection because there's nothing to be rejected for here. If they say no, you move on to the next person, right? Um, there's It's not personal uh, and you're not damaging the relationship in any way. Okay, so go out and reach out to your donors. Who do you reach out to? Any of them. So I've had organizations start with family members who are donors because that felt most comfortable. But I encourage you to look at your donor base, pick some donors you might know a little bit, as well as donors you don't know at all. And don't 
necessarily focus on the dollar amount. Usually when I do this with organizations, we do pick a few high-level donors. Then we also look at monthly donors and what I would call loyal donors, donors who've given consistently year over year. And if you don't have that data to pull, literally just start at, start at the top of your donor list and work your way through. Um, you can send three emails a day reaching out to donors, and eventually you're going to start seeing people respond and having these meetings on a regular basis. So there's no right or wrong, but fundamentally, I want you to get a big or like a broad snapshot of your donor base. And so the more people you meet with, the more data you have to understand who's giving and why they're giving. So not just three meetings, not just one meeting, not even five. I want you to be doing this all the time. Okay. If you can do one or two meetings a week, amazing. One or two a month is also fine. Again, the idea is it's a habit and you want to do this regularly. So what do these meetings do for your organization? Why am I such a big believer that this is the number one thing your organization can do to unlock your fundraising potential? So first of all, most of our fundraising decisions are made, as I said before, kind of sitting in a, in a boardroom or uh, around Zoom, and we make assumptions about our donors. And almost always these assumptions are wrong. And so we need to, as we build our fundraising plans and fundraising strategies, get out of that boardroom, get off Zoom, and actually stop making assumptions and start verifying information about our supporters. The more information we know, the more we can think about fundraising strategies that make sense for their donors and, of course, for our mission. And so um, if your donors really get, you know, if if they're all uh, in their 80s, your fundraising strategy is going to be very different than if they're all in their 30s. Um, and not all, I mean, obviously not all, but you want to get to know a large portion of your donors so you can see who they are, where they are in life. Do they want events? Do they want um, direct mail? Uh, Do they, like, what are their patterns? Also, what are their hobbies? What are the other things they like to do uh, or congregate with other people? The more you know about your supporters, the more you can build a fundraising plan that meets them where they are on their journey. I love that quote from David Love, uh, where your donors are already on a journey to change the world and you're sort of meeting them there. And the more you get to know about where they are and what that journey looks like, the more you can find ways that that dovetails with your mission and your organization and find a fundraising strategy that really feels mission aligned, donor aligned. And of course, when you have those two things, it's going to help you raise more money. The other benefit, oh, there's so many benefits, <laughs> but um, the one that I love is that it also helps you find more donors. So again, you're not asking, but the more you know and see these patterns, the more you can say, okay, you know, what we find is that our donors have shared these values. And in fact, 
most of them probably have friends or networks that also share those values. So what are those values and how do we tap into them to start to give them opportunities to introduce us to their networks? So things like friend raising events uh, and opportunities to invite people out to experience things. There's so many different ways, even letter writing campaigns. Um, Your donors are probably one of the biggest untapped resources in finding new donors to your cause. So the more you get to know them and build that fundraising strategy aligned with them, you can also, you're creating opportunities for them to welcome more people and introduce your organization to more potential donors. So it is one of my favorite ways to find more donors for your organization. Which also brings me to the fact that While you're not asking in this meeting, a lot of what you're doing is priming these specific donors to keep giving or to give more. And I've used this strategy with major gifts and capital campaigns as well as annual campaigns. But the more you get to know your supporters, the more you bring them in as, you know, build those relationships as friends to the organization the more they care about your work, the more invested they are in your success, which means eventually they're going to give more. And actually, I have a lot of students when they've had these donor meetings as a byproduct, again, without even asking, people will send them a donation after. Or I've had these meetings where literally someone's pulled out their checkbook. I've not asked for any donation, but we get so excited about... um, you know, understanding where that donor is on their journey. And then we can start to talk about how that fits with the organization. And they are fired up. They're excited. They see the vision and they want to be part of it. So while you're not asking for money, and I'm going to repeat that a million times, you are not asking for money in these meetings. Your donors are building that investment. They're getting connected. uh, And very often they will give. Or they'll give more at their next gift, uh, or they'll introduce you to more people. So it's a really great way to prime your donors uh, to be a champion for your fundraising. The other huge opportunity with, uh, with getting to know your donors is that you get to understand how to communicate with them. And so very often I hear small organizations worried about Building a broad donor base, you know, those annual donors or the people who are giving small amounts year over year, they worry that that's a lot of work and it's hard to maintain meaningful relationships at scale. Here's the thing. It's actually, especially with technology, cheap technology now, it's not that difficult to scale things if you're communicating with them in a meaningful way. If your donors are opening up your emails, if they're reading things and connecting with those scaled pieces, so it's newsletters, emails, mail, social media, you know, you need those tools to be effective for your fundraising. And really the only way to be effective is to not just talk about what you want to talk about as an an organization, it's again to find those points of intersection where what you want to talk about also meets what your donors uh, are supporting. Which also brings up an important note around communicating with donors and talking about mission and work. 
and donor alignment. If you've heard me on my podcast or other podcasts, I've had so many conversations about having donors who are aligned with your mission. Um, And so if they don't get it, if you're having some of these conversations and, you know, it's, they can be problematic, right? We know that not all of our donors understand the work in the way that we do and that there are some red flags, so to speak. This also helps you understand if you need to do some donor education. And we had an amazing podcast with Anil talking about donor education and how you can bring your donors on a journey to better understand your work. And so this process can help you understand if you need to do some of that educating, right? If you have an opportunity to um, identify if you have an opportunity to, to, to start to work on changing your donors' minds about things. So I always say fundraising is not about convincing people about the need for your work, but it's finding the people who believe in it already and giving them an opportunity to give and support it. But if you're finding that your organization is really um, concerned about misalignment with donors, donors who are who don't understand the mission or who who have, again, problematic beliefs about your mission, you can uncover that in these donor meetings so that you have a strategy to address it um, because otherwise you feel helpless. And then it feels like, well, I can't grow my fundraising because it's just going to be more problematic. So this is an opportunity to diagnose and fix that problem as well. All of this to say, and as I said at the beginning, we make so many assumptions about our donors based on our beliefs around fundraising and the value of our work. And almost always we're wrong. And then we use these assumptions, these wrong assumptions, to to then drive our fundraising strategy and decisions, which leads to us making bad fundraising decisions, which leads to us not raising the money we want to make or raise for our organization, which leads to scarcity mindset and this feeling that we are on this hamster wheel that we can never get off. That is not a good feeling. And I, my guess is you felt that way at some point in your fundraising journey. And I want to help you get off that hamster wheel. And so it's really, as I said, not complicated work. So think about it. What's getting in your way of doing this? Is it time? This takes five minutes a day. In fact, really, I just want you to spend five minutes every morning asking people for meetings. It's that simple. Is it that you don't feel like you have all the answers or you don't know how to behave in these meetings? The thing is, all you need to do is have a few good questions, conversation starters or sparks, and then listen. And guaranteed, you can have a meaningful conversation with people. Now, I'm not saying all of these conversations are like amazing. I've definitely had donor meetings that have lasted 10 minutes because it's been super awkward and that's okay. You know, when we ended it, the donor was still really happy to have given their time. We just didn't have a whole lot to talk about. That's okay too. 
right? There's no right or wrong way. As long as you show up authentically and be curious and listen, you're going to get so much out of these meetings. And here's a little tip because I definitely have worked with a lot of people who feel like I don't have the answer to a specific question that the donor might ask. Therefore, I can't do this. If you don't have an answer, that's okay. It's totally fair to say, you know what? That's a really great question. No one's asked me that before. Let me take that back and I'll get back to you. And as a bonus, it allows you to circle back to the donor and continue the conversation and deepen the relationship. You do not need to be perfect. You do not need to be an expert in all the things. This is a learning journey. And the only way you're going to learn is by practicing. So there's no magic to these meetings. Just show up authentically. Take the pressure. Again, there's no ask. I'll say it again. So there's no pressure, right? There's no expectation that you're going to do anything other than connect with someone. All right. So think about what's getting in your way. Because very often we get stuck in our minds and then we kind of just stop doing it. So just practice reaching out, have a few of these meetings, get better. And if you're feeling stuck, join us on January 18th. My webinar is called Your Best Fundraising Year Ever. And I promise you, we're going to deep dive into this as well as some other things you can do with literally 20 minutes a day to have your best fundraising year ever. And that will not just make this year good, but will start to grow your fundraising in a meaningful, predictable way, which is of course what we all want to get off that hamster wheel I talked about before. So visit flipsidefundraising.com slash best year. Again, I will include the link in the show notes. I hope you will join me there. I can't tell you how important this is. I literally repeat it over and over and over again. So if you've heard me say this and you still haven't had your donor meetings, please, please join me on that webinar. And I'm actually running it three times that day, just in case you're in different time zones, but you you need to do this. That's if you're fundraising, this is one of the things to me that is a non-negotiable as well is it is a high return activity. It might not feel that way because we're not asking in the moment, but this is the number one thing you can do to start raising more money for your organization, which is mind boggling, right? Like we, we always get so caught up in elaborate fundraising plans and strategies. And we have to do these big things. It's not fundraising success comes from consistency and finding those points of intersection between your organization, its mission and your donors. So I hope to see you there. And uh, thanks for tuning in to the Small Nonprofit Podcast. Uh, This has been a different episode. Usually, as you know, I interview people, but I really needed to share this with you because this is the number one barrier I see for small organizations. And in fact, organizations of all sizes, it's an easy fix, but you have to work on it. All right, we'll see you next week. 
Well, folks, that's it for today's episode of The Small Nonprofit. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and this show is brought to you by The Good Partnership. As a reminder, if you want more resources around raising more money for your small nonprofit, visit thegoodpartnership.com and download our free fundraising strategy guide. I'll see you next week.